Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Live and direct from the greatest city in the world. City of Angels. Oh, the traffic. Oh, the taxes. People keep moving here. Why do you think that is? Because it's 75 and sunny every day. Right. Uh, we have seasons here. The good one. Let's get after it. Uh, Eddie House going to join us. Former LeBron James teammate will discuss possible destinations for Kyrie Irving. I guess we're supposed to be surprised. I'm supposed to be surprised that the, Cle- the Cleveland Cavaliers are proceeding with great uh, seriousness and focus. Is that what it was, Dan Beyer? That uh, Dan Beyer joining us, of course. He's, uh, he said great seriousness and focus in terms of their, he's quoting a story and how they're going to, uh, how they want to proceed in trying to trade Kyrie, right? Wasn't that what the what the quote was? I just, yeah, I think I think that's what it was. Like, look, you don't go to the divorce attorney and say like, "Hey, I want out," and then and then make make it, and then all of a sudden you get back together. Dan, what was the what was the quote? They're proceeding with what? Incredible seriousness. Incredible end quote. Seriousness. We're gonna. It's incredibly serious. That's incredibly serious that we're going to be focused and tra- Doug, yeah. it's not it's not moderate here. We're talking about In- incredible. Incredible. Incre- incredible. Seriousness. It's very serious. It's like Bill Belichick level serious. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna trade the player. We're gonna, we're gonna move on. 
Yeah, but look, I, I don't don't call me surprised because once it gets out there, it's over. It's all over. And the only question is, uh, you know, what are they going to trade for in return? Uh, this is from Chris Haynes of ESPN. LeBron James invites Derrick Rose to work out in Las Vegas along with Eric Bledsoe. Phoenix has been a possible destination. Mm. All right, we'll talk about that with Eddie House. He's going to join us in 15 minutes. Um, it's not the news. It's the reaction to the news. Now, look, there's, there's, two, ways, there's two ways in which you handle bad news. Right? One is you shoot the messenger. This happens in politics. It happens in pop culture. It happens probably in your life, you know, where somebody gives you bad news and you question the credibility of the person who delivered the news, not the actual news itself. That's not where we are anymore um, with concussions and CTE. When Benjamin Amalu first came out with the, the studies and the finding, there were people that questioned him, his, uh, uh, his uh, validity, his, um, how valid he was as a chemist, Right. And and the science that he used. And there was a little bit of that yesterday, a little bit of it. They weren't questioning the actual doctors involved in the study. Instead, they were questioning, well, why wasn't there a control group? And you will hear people um, say, like, look, anybody who donates their brain to science knows there's something wrong with the brain, so it's going to skew in the way of guys that have brain issues. But I told you yesterday that this is nothing more than 21st century version of big tobacco. That football is bad for you. Really, really, really bad for you. Okay? Really bad for you. It's always been bad for you for your neck and your back and your hips and your knees, and we've always kind of known that. And what's maybe craziest about it is that football's been able to become our nation's most popular sport in spite of, not because of, the dangers to our kids when they play it. Like you will hear, like you hear all kinds of players like you can get hurt crossing the street. Like you can, but <laughs> you don't sign up to cross the street in traffic, <laughs> and not at the rate to which you can be paralyzed playing in football. It just it's it's all about increasing levels of risk. So yesterday the story came out in the New York Times. We reacted to it. I told you exactly what you were going to hear from people. And now it's been a 24-hour news cycle. And, um, and you know, between former players and broadcast. Look, we all love football is the lifeblood of sports radio. Okay? Let, let me kind of explain how sports radio works. Okay, Football's king. It's king. I, and people are like, oh, you're a basketball guy. Like, I've been a sports radio host for 15 years. I've also been a college basketball analyst for 15 years. There might be one month out of the year to which I can legitimately carry a show talking about a college basketball topic. And it's maybe well, the one day in which it can be every moment of the show is when somebody from Duke, like Grayson Allen, trips a player and that sort of reaction. Like, that, that's the only time. Other than that, like, we are ruled by football. Look at the ratings in sports radio. Look at the ratings in sports TV. Football, 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 football. Football is king. So I do think that some of the reaction you hear from people is based upon the fact that there's a fear, hey, this football thing could go away, and if this football thing diminishes in value, it hurts all of us, right? It hurts radio, it hurts TV, it hurts our bottom line. 
Now, I, I, you have to listen to what people are saying and understand how it, it relates not at all to the actual story of yesterday. Seth Joyner was an outstanding football player. He's a good football analyst, okay? But he also, you're talking about the lifeblood of his career. So he was on with Colin Cowherd about an hour ago. He said this about the study. Um, there's so, so many life skills that you learn from the game, and I want my son to experience that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that there are some dangers, and if he has a concussion, then it might be time for him and I to sit down yeah. and have a discussion long-term, do we continue to do this or not? Um, I, I know he loves the game. Um, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, I know that there are some inherent dangers, but if he wants to play, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that away from him um, because of fear. Because I don't live my life from a, from a position of fear. It, this is not about scaring you. This is not about scaring you about football. This is about educating you. It's about showing that there are there are rid, ridiculous risks and. It's also the idea of, well, if he gets a concussion, then we'll talk about it. Like, no, no, no. The whole idea is your head is under constant trauma when you're playing this sport. I heard Colin Cowherd say, well, like, look, players aren't playing as long. That's because their bodies are getting beaten to tattered. They're beaten and tattered. And it's not actually true. Like, some players are playing longer. Average career of an NFL player is only four years. But it's always been a, sh- a shortened career. Oh, the equipment is better. We told you yesterday. That's like filters on cigarettes. You're still getting that tar in your in your uh, in your lungs. Oh, they're not hitting as often. That's the you know what we'll do. I'm only going to smoke one pack a day or two packs a day. I'm going to cut back, Doc. I promise to you. Well, you know it doesn't happen to everybody. Not every person who smokes gets lung cancer. They do not. But that doesn't stop us from putting smoke. If like if you travel overseas, they. It, all it says is smoking kills on the side of, of cigarette boxes. Because it does. And football maims. I, look, I'm not telling you I'm not going to cover football. I'm not telling you that football is not going to drive the bus on this show up, up until and through the Super Bowl. And we'll cover college football. And we're going to go to college football sites on Fridays. And dude, I love everything about football. And I agree with Seth Joyner. It does teach you incredible life lessons. But that doesn't have anything to do with the study that came out yesterday where 110 former NFL players who had donated their brains to science out of 111 had some form of CTE. Like those are numbers to which if you don't drop your coffee and go, holy crap, we got a huge problem here. This isn't even to the the NFL knew. I'm sure they knew and I'm sure former football players knew, but they didn't know to this level. They didn't know to this gravity. They suspected, they assumed, but now you know. Football, played over a prolonged period of time, causes brain damage. Okay? And the idea that, well, we'll wait till he has a concussion, and then maybe we'll talk about whether or not he still wants to keep doing it. Like, this is not about fear. We're not trying to scare you. We're trying to educate you. What is much more likely to happen if you continue playing the sport? And it's a huge Huge problem because for colleges and universities, they take this information. That's the lifeblood of their athletic department. College basketball programs don't make money. 
and no other sports program with a couple exceptions. There's like two women's basketball programs to make money. There's a couple of baseball programs that might break even, make a little money. Everything else is a money loser except for football. So when it's the one thing that makes money, like you become super protective of it and you start finding, well, well, maybe we'll practice less. We're going to smoke cigarettes less, right? Maybe we'll increase the equipment. Yeah, we're going to filter the cigarettes. Uh, these are This is skewed data. It might be, but the data should be alarming. You're trying to scare us. No, we're trying to educate you. Judge a story based upon the reaction to the story. And because there haven't been enough people invested in football saying, this is a problem. We have to take a good, long look at, do you have... Do we ever have high school football? Right? Like flag football is fun. It, like, well, it doesn't teach. Why doesn't it? it? Obviously, you don't have the blocking. You don't have the tackling. But you also don't have the brain damage. I'm fascinated by people's reaction to that story. All right, more on that to come. Upcoming next, Eddie House is going to join us. The Cleveland Cavaliers are very serious about trading Kyrie Irving. How much is LeBron to blame? How difficult is it to coexist as a superstar with LeBron James? Combine that with what is the actual, what value does Kyrie have on the open market? We'll dig in with Eddie House. He'll join us upcoming next. But first, here are some car laws you might not know about. In Alabama, it's illegal to drive blindfolded. Shouldn't that be universal? In Oklahoma, it's illegal to read comic books while driving. Again, shouldn't that be universal? And in Russia, it's illegal to drive a dirty car. Now, I don't know how much that's enforced. I've actually lived in Russia, and yet I didn't see a clean car. Here's something else you might not know about cars that's really helpful, and you won't get in trouble with the law. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just buying for buying new cars. With the certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler car buying experience. Whether you buy new or used, here's something you else you might not know. True car users see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They also know they'll enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. And when you're rather to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not in, uh, available in all states. That's True Car, T R U E C A R. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I love this up. Paul Horn uh, tweets me. Uh, Paul Horn is, um, it says, the trench doctor. Um, anyway, obviously, I think he coaches uh, uh, sports at some level, probably football. Millions have played the game and most of, uh, and the most, four, and four years at most. A study based upon 111 prolonged players is hardly reliable. It's, it's actually based upon far more than 111 players, but there are 111 former NFL players. 110 of whom had brain damage. Uh, if you can find me 110 former basketball players who had brain damage, baseball players combined, that of, of all time, I'd, be, I'd, I'd more than welcome it. And I understand there's a sample size to it. I understand it's skewed because these people donated their brains to science, leading you to believe that they had probably thought there was something wrong with them. But there just isn't any other sport outside maybe of boxing that causes this level of brain damage in former athletes. It's a problem. All right, let, let's get to this uh, the Kyrie LeBron thing as the Cavs are now vigorously and seriously proceeding in their attempts to trade Kyrie Irving. Eddie House, of course, uh, 
played with uh, uh, he played with uh, with LeBron in Miami. Longtime NBA pro. You see him on all of our Fox Sports, uh, all of our Fox Sports One uh, shows. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. A- Eddie, what are your thoughts on Kyrie, or at least it getting out that Kyrie told Dan Gilbert he wanted to go to a different team? At first, it was kind of head scratching. Um, the, the more I started looking at things, the more I started seeing that without LeBron, he, he was not as successful. Yeah, it was his team, but he didn't average as many points. He only averaged 20 points pre, before LeBron. He um, got more shots when LeBron came and averaged two more points when LeBron came. When he was there those those three years, his record was only better than it was tied for the second worst with Sacramento Kings in that three-year span. Only team that had a worse record than the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sacramento Kings were the Charlotte Bobcats at the time. Well, so, the only thing, Eddie, like to be fair, like he was 19, 20, 21. He was, LeBron was he, 19 I, when he came. I, LeBron I'm, was 19, 18 when he came into the game. No, as well, I, I, I look, and I'm not saying he's LeBron James, but you're comparing like they were a terrible team. They had they had they had different coaches. They had they were super super young across the board, and he was he was also hurt all the time as well. So like to like look, he's coming off a year to which he averaged twenty five a game. He's twenty four. He's not yet in his prime. Like he's not the player he was when he was twenty one. Nobody's nobody's the player they are at twenty one when they're twenty four twenty five. Right? No, but I mean you go to three straight finals, right? And you have a possibility to go to a fourth final. You have won a ring. With all this that you have, you've created this rivalry with the Warriors. Um, he's became, he has become the closer on that team. Um, down the stretch, he's usually the guy taking the big shots. And you have a superstar who's willing to de- defer to you and right. give you those shots. Those, th- that's what's head-scratching. But Rob so, so Parker was... reported today that it was a, a friend, a very close friend of his uh, that's in Cleveland said that the reason why Kyrie is upset now, this makes more sense now. The reason why Kyrie wants out is because right after they won it, won the championship that year, the very next year, LeBron was trying to get Kyrie traded for Chris Paul. And now that makes more sense than just saying, hey, I want to go start it. I want to do it on my own. You know, I'm tired of being uh, Batman, I mean, uh, Robin to LeBron's Batman. Um, I, I want to go out and do it on my own. Now, I can see that that scenario is probably the mo- more more realistic scenario for him to be leaving, that there is uh, something that we didn't know behind the scenes that was going on that nobody brought to the forefront. Everybody else speculated, but Rob Parker reported this today, and that makes a lot more sense, you know, if you if you think about it, that, oh, now he can't. Now he's two people in the organization he can't trust, the two highest people in the organization, Dan Gilbert, the owner, because when he signed that five-year deal, right after he signed that deal, he was given the keys to the car. Dan Gilbert said, no, let me get those keys back. My bad, my bad. Here, here, here comes LeBron. LeBron's going to – it's LeBron's car. You sit in the back in the middle. You know what I'm saying? So he did that, and then now LeBron broke his trust, and I can see why he would leave now before – it was head scratching, not understanding, but with that report coming out, um, it's very understandable. All right, now. he's working out uh, among with with um, uh, he's working out with Eric Bledsoe in Vegas. Um, does does Bledsoe make sense? Like, there's a guy who Phoenix has been trying to part ways with ever since he signed that extension. Um, he's also you know young. 
super athletic, can get his own shot. Not a true point guard, but, you know, kind of in many ways there's some similarities. Better defensively, obviously, than Kyrie. Not nearly as good offensively. Like, should we look into LeBron's working out with Eric Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe has been mentioned. Is that, should we draw a quick, oh, okay, that, that might be the guy they're going after. Well, Rich Paul is Eric Bledsoe's agent. So I think that might have something to do with it as well as them working out, work them working out together. Um, I just don't see Phoenix because I think that Cleveland will probably want to try to get Josh Jackson out of that deal. And I don't see Cle- uh, Phoenix giving that up at all. Uh, you know, Cleveland's going to look to try to get Josh Jackson uh, with Eric Bledsoe, piece that up. And Phoenix aren't, they're not willing to part ways with Josh Jackson. Um, that's, that's part of their young future, their young nucleus. But Hey, um, Eric Bledsoe had a phenomenal year. I cover the Suns. I do their post-game shows. Um, and he had he uh, he was averaging 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. And it was only like seven cats doing that. Any If he was in the East, he probably would have made the All-Star game. Only reason why he didn't make the All-Star game, the West is heavy, heavy at the guard position. He has so many guys he has to go through, and their record wasn't that good. But Eric Bledsoe had a phenomenal year. That would be a great fit, actually, for Cleveland, if they were able to get Eric Bledsoe somehow, some way, if it was uh, a, you know, if they did a bunch of different trades, because I think Eric Bledsoe will be more effective than Der- effective than Derrick Rose will be for yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, to be honest. the Derrick Rose thing is interesting because I think people think well, he only took that job because maybe he thinks he's going to start, but he took a two million dollar two million dollar salary. Says he knows he's not going to be a starter. They also picked up Jose Calderon. So just in terms of skill set, do you like Derrick Rose with LeBron James? Well, I think what he can do is take some of the – LeBron wouldn't have to bring up the – it's another a guy that could bring up the ball and run the offense. I mean, even though it was time – because when you look at it, when Kyrie's out there, pretty much LeBron would defer to Kyrie and let him go. Or they would switch off. Sometimes LeBron bring it up, sometimes Kyrie bring it up, depending on how the game was going and how their games was going. So I think that helps LeBron as far as taking some pressure off him constantly having the offense have to run through him he could be the guy catching the ball instead of making the pass and and then uh you know just becoming another basketball player standing on the corner waiting for the ball to come back to him it could be the the offense could be initiated through him with the first pass so i mean i want to give derrick rose the benefit of the doubt he's just been super fragile the last year seemed like once he got hurt every injury just started uh, compiling on It, it was something different all the time uh, one need and another need and back to the same need and something else. and so It was like nonstop. So um, if he can just give them 14 points, I think that would be a, a good pickup for them. Oh, yeah, they give him 14 points on the bench? I mean, that would be, be crazy good. Eddie House joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, so here's the the big question I have for you. Kyrie averages 25.5 a, a game, 47 from two, 40 from three, 90 uh, from the free throw line. Like, that, that dude can go get buckets. You, you take him away from LeBron – is in your opinion, is he of the Steph, Russell, James Harden? Statistically, could do you think he has that level of? Because he obviously thinks there has to be some level of confidence that, like, look, I'm doing alongside LeBron, but he also has the ball a ton. Some of these other offenses, I might have it more. How good? I guess my question, you know, do you believe that Kyrie actually is? I think Kyrie is the guy has the best handle in the game. Number one. Steph is a close second, but I think Kyrie has the best handle. Um, you spoke how, how he could score the basketball in so many different ways from three, but he's uh, I think he's the best little man finisher yep. in the game as well. Left hand, right hand, however you want to look at it. 
So I think he's going to – he'll get his money. I, I don't think that it's a fact of him scoring. I think he would score now when you don't have a LeBron James and you're logging more minutes. And like we've seen it with James Harden, will he get wore out? You know, will that will that cost him in the long run? It Will his production slow down later on in the season and the season go on because he's logging all these minutes because he is dominating the basketball and taking the bulk of the offensive load on his shoulders? And if he goes to a place like New York, it's not going to be easy. He's going to be the only – well, he has Porzingis, but for the most part he's going to be the only guy bringing up every single time, trying to make plays every single time. And that could wear you out, you know. And then it also could wear your teammates out as well. You know, when you have a point guard that just pounds and pounds the ball and looks for his shot, number one, not pounding the ball to try to get somebody else off. But when they pound it just looking for their shot, that can kind of rub teammates the wrong way as well. But he'll be all he'll, Kyrie's going to be fine wherever he goes. Now, the thing is, is what is Dan Gilbert going to do? Where are they going to send him? Because he definitely has to go. After all this, he cannot stay in Cleveland. If he stays in Cleveland, it will be some tension in that locker room, um, tension between the, the two camps with the, the stuff coming out about LeBron wanting to fight him. I, th- I believe that was more so their camp speaking, more so than the, the actual player. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it can it can it, also it, be something it can be also be something you say and you don't actually mean right like it's the we don't know the tone or context of the conversation you know yeah I'm gonna beat his ass I, I'm gonna beat his ass know, next time I, I see him LeBron, like I know LeBron well enough to know that that that's not how he really that's not how he really be get that's not how he gets down and he, he's a great teammate number one uh, and that just that don't that doesn't sound like LeBron the first thing I thought was that somebody in the camp. How in his camp, that's how they feel about the situation. And they went on and said it, and then, you know, Stephen A. went out and, and reported that. But, I, don't, I mean, come on, man. You, you want to be somebody like that? It doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. So, uh, I think he'll be fine, man. I think uh, Kyrie, wherever he ends up, I think he'll be fine, and hopefully he's able to get one of those cities where he wants to be at. You play with LeBron. You won a championship with LeBron. No, I didn't win one with LeBron. We lost. No, you won one with you won with Dallas, right? Yeah, we lost to Dallas. Yeah, uh, sorry, I pointed that. Out. Sorry, I pointed that out. Um, what I what I was trying to get at though was, um, like, look, I, I I don't think LeBron deserves all the blame, but like, all of his guys got paid to where their salaries prohibit them from going out and getting other guys. And what if if it's true that he wanted Chris Paul and that's part of the banana boat crew, right? That, right. that some of that is on LeBron. The inability to kind of maintain peace and composure within the organization, like doesn't that, not all of it, but doesn't some of the blame fall at the feet of LeBron? I think it will fall more so on Dan Gilbert, man. No, 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 I'm, um, not, I'm not saying it doesn't fall on Dan Gilbert, okay? But some of it is still, like it's still LeBron's team. Like he's still LeBron, and if he wants to keep the peace, if he wants everybody to be in lockstep, and he says this is the way we're going to do it, that's the way it gets done, no? Yeah, I, I think to a certain extent. Um, I don't believe that he wanted David Griffin gone, but, you know, Griffin was gone. And ultimately, uh, that was Dan Gilbert's decision. Um, but, again, uh, with, uh, as long, uh, amongst the players, because it seems like he had been playing GM for a while, but it was a collaboration between him and David Griffin um, to, to pick certain guys, go after the Kyle Corbers to get the Darren Williams, uh, both of the Darren Williams um, to get, uh, oh, that was Derek Williams, excuse me, Derek Williams and Darren Williams to re-sign JR, to, to sign Tristan. Those are all, I think, orchestrated 
by LeBron, but, you know, basically validated by David Griffin because they were all, they were on the same page. Sure. So, uh, it's definitely LeBron's team. And, I mean, who, who wouldn't make it LeBron's team? I think you have to – let's look at the Warriors model, how they did it. Steph Curry was the man. Same situation with Kyrie, being the man, but they wasn't winning. Kevin Durant comes in. Steph takes a back seat to Kevin Durant. Just a, a better basketball player. I would take Kevin Durant over Steph Curry, sure. but Steph Curry is fantastic, right? right. So LeBron comes in, and Kyrie is kind of aggravated because he wanted to, it to be his team. Now, see, I think he's mortgaging winning over individual success. So I'm not sure if he has uh, something in his, uh, a clause in his contract to where he gets MVP, gets some kind of incentive or anything what? like that. So I don't know. It, it's uh, it's a weird situation, man. It, it, and it's unfortunate because they created this great rivalry between the Warriors and themselves. And uh, it's always good to watch them on Christmas Day. Yeah, no question. And, of course, play in, in what we thought would be a uh, a fourth straight NBA Finals. He's Eddie House. You can see him on Fox Sports 1. He's an NBA champion. And uh, he also got buckets in college, in high school, and in the pros. And he joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Eddie, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, man. Anytime, bro. All right, first, let's find out what's uh, what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Interesting what Rob Parker is saying. Like, hey, look, there's a lot more to it, right? Like, they won a championship, and he wanted his boy. He wanted his boy, Derrick Rose, to be there. They won a championship. He wanted his boy, Derrick Rose, to be there. And that's what caused this to happen. Um, yeah, Stephen A. saying uh, that LeBron wanted to beat Kyrie's ass, whatever. Like, that's Stephen A. being Stephen A., right? Smartly kind of inserting himself uh, into the story. Um, I-, I want to get to this story. You guys have heard the Lucky Whitehead story, right? Lucky Whitehead was really, really unlucky. <laughs> so Lucky Whitehead was a return man for the Dallas Cowboys. They drafted one in the draft this year, so there was thoughts that he might be cut anyway. He was, in fact, released. But he was released after a case, apparently, of mistaken identity, where it was thought that Lucky Whitehead uh, had shoplifted like a Twinkie, right? And so now Lucky Whitehead has become a sympathetic figure. I can tell you unequivocally why the Cowboys, two reasons, really, the Cowboys moved on from Lucky Whitehead. Here's, first, here's, here's Whitehead himself talking about being released by the Cowboys. I just wanted some time to... You know, clear my name. You know, I, uh, and I think I deserved that a little bit. And I, it was just unfortunate how it happened. It all came at me really fast. And, uh, you know, just unfortunate how it happened. I just wish I got a chance to clear my name up. I'm a great guy. You know, I'm a hardworking guy. I'm, you know, I'm a great athlete. You know, I wouldn't be here if I, if I wasn't. You know, and I, you know, as far as the Cowboys organization, I appreciate them for, you know, giving me the opportunity to be where I'm at today. You know, and um, hopefully I can find me a new home, you know, and start over. Okay, so look, uh, the the lesson here is was Jason Garrett. And, I mean, Jerry Jones, like in one fail swoop, you know, they make uh, his head coach makes a comment and cuts Lucky Whitehead without all the information needed to to make the cut, and then they support kind of unwittingly these newest latest allegations of what happened last year to Ezekiel Elliott's former girlfriend, right? Where Jerry Jones came out and said, you know, I, you know, th- there's there's no facts to support any sort of domestic violence uh, incident with Ezekiel Elliott, and so the idea is like, look, you shouldn't comment on 
anything until all of the facts come out. Because as I've told you, there are no more secrets, only facts yet to be revealed. They will come out. So they, they acted prematurely in cutting Whitehead. Now, the one place I can totally understand why they would cut Lucky, Lucky Whitehead is he had this weird thing where he thought his dog was stolen the week before, right? You guys remember that? Like he thought his dog was stolen and then turns out his dog, he just didn't know where somebody, he just didn't know where his dog was. And his dog was lost. So he assumed his dog was stolen. That made some public news. There's been some other minor issues off the football field with Lucky Whitehead. And so I, I guess this kind of falls down the line of, like, look, if your level of trust with your football player is such that you think it's actually a possibility that he would, that he would shoplift something, um, then I kind of understand why you cut him to begin with. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like um, if your wife finds somebody tells your wife, hey, he's been stepping out of our marriage. If she's completely surprised and like, look, honey, this is just not me. You have, uh, I, my friend saw you with another woman at such and such location. If she believes it because there is other reason to believe it because, well, two years ago there's this and four years ago there's this and six years ago there's this and there's eight years ago was this. Well, now all of a sudden that, that one that validates her fear, but two, it shows that there is no trust in the relationship, right? And if you have no trust, then you don't have a relationship. If she sits there and goes like, that's not true. I don't believe it. He says it's not true. And whether I'm unwilling to believe it or not, just I have no reason to believe that it's true. I just don't. I don't. My spidey senses aren't up. So maybe it's the Cowboys' spidey senses were off. Maybe it's the fact that he's a replaceable player. Like you probably wouldn't know Lucky Whitehead with the exception of the fact his name is Lucky Whitehead. Right? It's like kind of a memorable name. Plus he's got the dreads and he was a return man. It's kind of a memorable position. But he's an imminently and completely replaceable player. Case in point, the Cowboys probably intended to replace him anyway. But pro- the most important part is if if you believe it's more more po- if he says I didn't do this and you just like I can't believe you because I have so many reasons not to believe you, that's the only possible reason I can think that the Cowboys uh, were were reasonable to move on before all the information was obtained. Yes, Ramos. Is that why when they spoke about Ezekiel Elliott, they said, hey, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, and they didn't move to do something like this to him because it's Ezekiel Elliott, right. and they need him. Right. I mean, like, look, that's the part of the, like, he's, Lucky Whitehead also becomes the sacrificial lamb. Right. Right? Becomes the sacrificial lamb to which, um, you know, uh, hey, we're really, really mad at Ezekiel Elliott. And so this happens in the NCAA all the time. I think it was late uh, Jerry Tarkanian said said it best. He's like, yeah, they get so mad at UCLA, they put Stephen F. Austin on five more years probation, right? Like, you can't put UCLA on probation, but you can, you absolutely can put Stephen F. Austin. Like, nobody's going to cry. You can't cut Ezekiel Elliott, but you can cut Lucky Whitehead. Or really, we're, guys, we're drawing a line and saying, next guy to step out of line, like Lucky Whitehead stole a Twinkie. He's gone. All right, we'll dig into my sack of coming next. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, top of next hour, play for you something that uh, Damian Lillard said earlier today on with Clay Travis. 
on in the morning on Fox Sports Radio. And while why it's really interesting, really interesting that Kyrie is not being embraced by so much so many of the masses when there's the possibility that he's simply trying to do what Damian Lillard said he likes to do. We'll get to that top of the hour. First, let's find out what's in my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> Dan Beyer is uh, back. Dan, uh, what's in my sack? Ah, uh, Doug. Doug, you should know what's in your sack. You know why? Psychic. I'm psychic. Yeah. <laughs> psychic. Let's looking see. for affirmation of my psychic powers. Let's see if you can predict the future and see what is going to happen maybe later on in 2017 and who knows even after that. Let's start with the NBA. You were talking about Kyrie Irving earlier with Eddie House and the topic of conversation today about Kyrie's maybe possible jettison out of Cleveland. How about this? ESPN reports that a deal that would send Cavs guard Kyrie Irving to the Knicks won't happen because Carmelo Anthony only wants to be traded to the Rockets. Now, Psychic, I want to know, will Melo end up in Houston before the start of training camp? Uh, The answer is yes. Now, look, I I understand that part of this is Melo only wants to be traded to Houston. What what we all want, like, is what did uh, Austin Powers say? I want to go with Saligo Toilet Bay, but it's just not in the cards, (laughs) right? So, like, there's lots of things we want. There's the reality of it, what could come back in return. So, before we close off to the Kyrie will never end up in uh, statement, like, all of this changes if LeBron James picks up the phone and says, Melo, come play with me for a year. You'll improve your stock. You'll get a new contract, a bigger one, the following year. Or all of it changes if there's a third team in the deal, and somehow that still sends Kyrie Irving to the New York Knicks, um, and maybe Melo doesn't come back in return. It could be a fourth team in the deal. So, like, we 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 look at this in far too linear fashion. Well, Carmelo says he won't waive his no-trade clause. He, that's what he said. He said he only wants to play for the Rockets. As, you know, that that's he's proceeding as if that's his, his primary objective. Okay, but things change. Times change. Opportunities change. So we don't know exactly what is in his future. I, you mentioned the contract situation with Carmelo having two years and LeBron can opt out of next. Maybe this just all comes down to would Melo want to be in Cleveland for nine months by himself? Because if LeBron wouldn't be there in 2018, 2019, sure, Melo could leave after that, but would he be able to deal with it without his buddy there? Yeah, that's interesting. That's the big question. Um, Let's keep it with the NBA. Why not keep it with Kyrie Irving? The Associated Press reports out of the Twin Cities. says the Timberwolves, and Doug, I know you love this earlier, are exploring trades with the Cavs, again, with incredible seriousness. Now, there's more to this report. It adds it's not known if Wolves guard Andrew Wiggins would be part of the deal. So, Psychic, will Wiggins be a part of any deal that would send Kyrie to the Twin Cities? Uh, Yes, I think they would include Andrew Wiggins in the deal. Wouldn't that be interesting, right? They trade away Andrew Wiggins to get Kevin Love, and they're like, Mm -hmm. psych, come on back. Andrew Wiggins, come on down, right? Um, I think it would be fascinating if it it happened. The question become, who's their point guard? And what do you do with George Hill, who was just signed by the Minnesota Timberwolves? But I guess guess he goes goes with them? Um, that would be my my guess, but yeah, I do think, um, I do think that if you can get your hands on Kyrie and you have Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, I I think you include Wiggins in the deal. Wiggins is super super talented, but he's not seen as as competitive a person um, as 
as other stars, other young stars in the league. Jeff Teague in Minnesota, George Hill in Sacramento. Uh, Jeff Teague, just to that's clear. right. Yeah, yeah. you've got to throw Jeff Teague in the deal fine. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott said today, Doug, that they will shorten halftime and limit commercial breaks during their non-conference college football games this year. The halftime will be shortened from 20 minutes to 15 minutes. So psychic, will this start a trend in the rest of college football? It will, but they're they're just they're kind of beating around the bush as to what they're trying to get to, right? We're all telling us the college football games last too long. And the problem becomes, you know, all the passing stops the clock so often. And of course, you know, you have the stop clock on first downs as well. So like all of that is really what needs to be adjusted more so than hey let's just shorten up halftime that that's that's putting uh that's that's just putting a band-aid on things that's not actually fixing the problem air raid offenses um if you get a four-hour game you're lucky oh yeah i mean like look uh washington state and those games are always over four hours if not over four and a half doug when texas tech faces oklahoma state do you have to set aside nine hours of your day to watch that game uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State is a seriously long endeavor. I've been to several of those, and it is ridiculously long. The good news is uh, the good guys always win. Final one. Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones lost a $100,000 diamond stud earring while he was doing some jet skiing in a lake in Georgia. Will the scuba divers that he sent out ever find Julio Jones's diamond earring, Doug? That's a diamond in the rough, isn't it? <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. I'm sorry, but anybody dumb enough to put $100,000 in their ear is apparently dumb enough to lose it in a lake. <laughs> that was Gottlieb sack. <laughs> That's like like some of these guys that are super, super smart in the NBA, they have all this, all this bling, and it's like, it's actually fake. I don't, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. Uh, can you imagine how bad that would hurt? Like, when I lose $200 in Vegas, I am hurt. Like I'm, I go back. I'm like ill. I go back to the room and I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm, my head is spinning. I gotta lay down. Can you? And I don't care how rich Julio Jones may be, a hundred thousand dollars gone in the lake. I would be sick. Absolutely sick. Wait to hear what Damian Lillard said about competing against super teams. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb show. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels. Eric Davis, three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, Fox Sports One NFL analyst will join us. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him about uh, the CTE findings, what he thinks it means for the future of football. We'll ask him about the Dallas Cowboys who cut Lucky Whitehead, but continue to maintain uh, that others have done not enough wrong to be uh, released from from duty. And, uh, like, look, we're getting ready for actual football games. Right? Like, when's the Hall of, the Hall of Fame game comes up next weekend? Three weekend? No, it's not three weekends. Like, I think it was August 3rd. August 3rd. That's yeah, next yeah. weekend. Right. That's always the weirdest thing. You're always like, wait, wait, there's football on my television. Why, honey? Did any of you guys have this? Um, I don't know how old your parents are or whatever. But my dad was a Jake. Right? He was always yelling in the house. It was never like, get up, walk over. Hey, honey, could you just, you know? And obviously, we didn't live in the type of home to where you could press a button and speak to somebody in the intercom. Right? <laughs> you don't have the a butler service where you ding, 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 and they come running. So my dad would be, the it, in, my late father would sit there, and, Jay, there's football on TV. Can you believe this? 
just yelling things out. August 3rd, just it sneaks up on you, right? Totally sneaks up on you. It's like back to school. I, um, I happened upon a mall today. I was looking for something else, and I walked through a mall, and I walked, walked past the gap, and it's like back to school. So I was like, what? Back to school? It's the summer. You're like, wait, no, it's almost back to school sales. Ramos, when you went back when you went to school, first day of school, you always wore a new outfit, right? Did you wear the new outfit or did you wear the outfit first or wash the outfit before you wore it the first time? Uh, we would wash it, wash it, and uh, I went to a Catholic high school, yep. so you had we uniforms. Had, no, we had to have collared shirts, yes. and no, you know, our hair had to be above so our why ears. Would, why and would stuff. you wash it? Uh, well, no, we didn't have uniforms. I could wear clothes. No, no, but why would you? You, you wash. Uh, you didn't like things. I like brand- to have new when new clothes. I like to have at least go through the washer once. My wife's the same way, and yeah. I would even though they have sometimes that folding line right down the middle. I'd still wear it new. <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd still uh, wear wear it new. But getting excited for uh, for football season. We'll catch up with Eric Davis in a moment. So Kyrie appears to be headed out of Cleveland. Like this is not new news. Rob Parker's going to join us next hour. He reported earlier today on Fox Sports 1 that what what began the process of uh, of this, what began the idea of a divorce was after they won an NBA championship, LeBron openly opined for Chris Paul, not Kyrie Irving, to be their point guard. And obviously, like, that doesn't, it doesn't sit well with Kyrie. That's what started this thought of, hey, you know, you don't, you don't love me? Fine, go find another point guard. I'll go and be a star elsewhere. We'll talk with Rob Parker later on the show. Damian Lillard was a guest of Clay Travis earlier today. Now, Lillard, of course, has openly campaigned to get Carmelo Anthony in Portland. Lillard remained in Portland after LaMarcus Aldridge left. Lillard, I think, has seen the ceiling for his Portland Trailblazers over the past two years. Even go back to when Marcus Aldrich was there. So you got to take with a grain of salt the fact that what Lillard's saying about super teams comes from a guy who's not on, nor could he be on currently, a super team, right? It's kind of like when when you hear a report before the NFL or NBA draft, like, I wouldn't take that guy that early in the first. But you also don't have an early first-round pick. I wouldn't take him number one in the draft. You don't have a first-round pick. Doesn't matter. So Damian Lillard's saying... He, he doesn't want to be on a super team when Damian Lillard wasn't invited to be on a super team. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's easier to say when it'll never be a real question or challenge to it. But here was Lillard on with Clay Travis. I like to compete against the best players. So, um, you know, unless it's a guy that's, you know, maybe he's a free agent and, um, I feel like they could come help our team, and then you know I'll I'll reach out, you know, and figure it out. But I don't, you know, during the season and the whole summer, I'm not constantly um, reaching out to guys to try and um, get them to come to Portland. Um, you know, like I said, I I much rather compete against the best player. That's when the game is the most fun to me. It's interesting. So, I actually had this in high school. My boy Miles Simon. Ramos, how much? How active are you on Twitter? I know you're on Twitter. Uh, so yes, did, active did, enough. Did you see what my boy Miles Simon did to me this morning? I did not see that. Okay, so Miles Simon is now an assistant coach with the Lakers, um, and we've been friends since fourth grade. I played against him once in high school, and I had 16 turnovers. Now, 
to wow. give, give you full context, modern day at the time was like the best team in the state. Uh, my team was, we were not. And um, every time I got the ball, I got, got a double teamed. And I'm sure somewhere, it was like my worst game, probably my worst game of my life. And so, like, dude goes in the box score and with the little note, and it shows that I had, says I had 11 points and I had 16 turnovers. So that's how I woke up this morning. Like, thanks, bud. They calls me like, hey, man, how are you? Like, hey, wait, what, dude, you just tweeted that out. That's low blow. Um, but, I, look, I could have gone and played at Modern Day. It was, you know, equal distance to my house. You know, it's. It was expensive, but you could also get a scholarship there. It wasn't crazy expensive at the time. All of the players, if you look at the roster of his team, this is going back, this is 1993 or something. You look at, like, those are all guys I grew up playing with. Like, all of them grew up playing with or playing against. Like, those are all my friends. But I chose to go to public school because I kind of wanted my own team, right? I wanted, I, I thought I would evolve better as a player taking more shots, losing more games. Understanding that, yeah, you probably aren't going to win a state championship. But you improve more, you learn more from doing more than you do from watching or from sharing. Like, it's an actual reasonable thing for Kyrie Irving, or in this case, Damian Lillard, to go like, you know what, I might not win an NBA championship, but I'm okay with it. And for Kyrie, he's already actually won one. And all he's saying is, it's like, do you join? Do you join these the the juggernaut school? Or if you're at the juggernaut, can you ever transfer out? Like, well, you guys are winning, you're scoring points. Why aren't you happy? Like, you know, there's something to doing it on your own. It, if you've ever worked in a big corporation, there's something to working for yourself. Now, working for yourself is harder. It's way harder, starting from scratch. Dan Patrick talks about this all the time off air. I don't know if he's ever talked about it on air. And it's like, when I left ESPN, like we had like eight affiliates. We started with like nothing. But we had a dream of doing this and doing that. And you know what? Now, it's a really good TV show and a really good radio show. And they make a lot of money. And there's still challenges out there. There's still other shows he's competing against. It's not like he's winning necessarily championships. He's not on nightly sports center. Like, his TV is more limited on Sunday Night Football, which is a huge package. And once every... What is it, three years they have the Super Bowl as well? Plus, he has some Olympics, but it's different. But, like, it's always stunning to me. Like, Colin Cowherd will play his stuff for you a little bit later, calling out calling out Kyrie for basically splitting up a winning hand. He left ESPN. He had a pretty good gig. He was offered a lot of money. They would have killed to keep him. Killed. But you wanted to go out and do your own thing. I think it's a totally reasonable thing. And I think what Lillard's saying is right. Like, sometimes it's better to have... I have a friend who... Um, he'll remain nameless. Okay? But he was on the Chicago Cubs roster last year. On the Cubs roster last year. Did not play in the World Series. And he's friends with guys on the Cleveland Indians. And so I asked him, we are having beers... Um, in the winter. And I said, can you answer a question for me? He's like, go ahead, shoot. I said, would you have rather been in the losing clubhouse with the Indians, but having played? Or, or, or won like you did? And he goes, that's an easy answer. So what is it? I would have rather played. 
would rather play. Now, in fairness, that's not what Kyrie, that's not the decision Kyrie's making. Like Kyrie is a very important part of the Cavaliers. And I think even LeBron would tell you that. But if you use that on the micro, use that on, the, on kind of the macro to the micro, to you kind of understand the mentality of it. And it's fascinating to me that Kevin Durant is a bad guy for leaving a good team and joining a better team and winning a championship. Kyrie Irving is a dumb guy for leaving a championship caliber or second place caliber team and want, we don't know where he'll go, but wanting to do a little bit more on his own, build his own thing. Like, which way is it? You can't join a super team? You can't leave a super team? So you just have to sit there, and whatever life throws in front of you, you have to accept. Like we just keep creating rules for people. And while it's kind of a millennial idea to try new things, it's not just a new idea with millennials. All these businesses would not have started if not for somebody taking a chance, right? Like, did you see LeBron James? Uh, he invested a, uh, a million dollars in Blaze Pizza. You guys ever had Blaze Pizza? It was good. Plus, it's really fast. <laughs> it's a Blaze. It's Blaze. Uh, and there's other places like Blaze Pizza that have kind of popped up, sim- similar chains. Uh, but I remember, like, when they first when we first moved to California, there's a Blaze Pizza right by where we lived. My kids loved it. And I was like, man, how do we get a franchise on that deal? You have to have money in order to make money. And so... LeBron's $1 million investment supposedly now is worth $25 million. So good for him. But somebody started Blaze Pizza. Probably somebody working at a different corporation said, I got a different idea for how we're going to do the pizza thing. All the things that we sponsor, like the, the true car guys. I met with those guys. Right? Those guys are like, you know, there's been all these other ways in which you sell cars. Selling cars is part of what makes sports radio sports radio, like car sales. Like, well, what if we did it just a little bit different, a little bit better? You can't. You can't. You're already a good place. You're already a big part of this. Like, eh. So I think it's very reasonable. It's, And and I, I fully understand that Lillard saying I'd rather compete against the best than join the best when he wasn't necessarily able to join the best. Like, he's from Oakland. If If somehow it became possible for him to join the Golden State Warriors, you know, if... I don't know. Clay Thompson left and went to the Lakers, or Clay Thompson, they wanted to trade him. Clay Thompson's dad was the former number one overall pick of the Blazers. And before he leaves in two years, when everybody thinks he's going to leave, he's traded to the Portland Trailblazers for Damian Lillard. You mean to tell me Lillard wouldn't like being in Oakland playing with the Warriors? Probably would. Probably love it. But there is something to doing it by yourself, doing it with your own team. Upcoming next, Eric Davis is going to join us. As a former player, when he hears about this newest CTE study, what does he think? I'll ask the former Super Bowl champion who joins us next. You're looking to sell your car? There's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell your car or trade it in, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Eric Davis is a former Super Bowl champion. He's also a former three-time All-Pro. You can see him uh, throughout all, all of our shows on Fox Sports 1. He's kind of to join us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, Eric, listen, um, you have your wits about you, right? Like, you're not a guy who I would think would concern himself with CTE. Um, but 
you know, you read the the latest scientific data and report. Now, granted, it's not a true scientific study. There's no control group. It's just the 111 brains donated to science by uh, former NFL players, and 110 of them have CTE. What was your reaction? Uh, well, first of all, you can't just overlook the fact that you brought me in with that biggie. I didn't know you were biggie. Oh yeah, uh, you just you just jump right over. It. I just I just didn't know that. I, I just like, you know I, I figured it would put you in the right mood. Like I'm going to ask you hard hitting questions. Me. I get you biggie, so it kind of gets it gets you kind of in the right frame of mind. You know, it worked. It it really did. You know, the more the more I learn about you, the more I like you, man. But no, as far as the CTE, uh, it's one of those things you say that I'm not concerned about it. Of course, I am. Everyone that's played and has the information now, especially anyone that played, you know, a decade or more. Uh, we we all wonder whether or not there's going to be issues uh, down the road. Um, it's it's a it's a a part of it. It's it's part of the deal that uh, that you made with the devil playing that game. We understand that now. It's something we didn't understand then. Uh, you look at the information that was put out there from the um, the research that's been out there. You know, a hundred and as you just said, out of the 111, 110 of them showed symptoms. Uh, it's Again, I would like, for me personally, and I've heard heard a few other guys say this, and I've had conversations with some old head players, that I would like to see them test people from other sports, hockey players, test um, soccer players, uh, you know, test. Uh, I, I, my daughter grew up in the softball circuit, and she had some wicked collisions. I used to see them every single tournament. So, I mean, check people from other sports. I, I would like to see that as well. But having... That being said, I've basically been told that playing football is bad for your head. I already knew that. And I just hope that the league puts things in place so that the the individuals that could have issues down the road and can show symptoms that they will have something in place to take care of them and their families. Yeah, I guess guess the the first thing is I understand that there was no control group and we don't have – there is some data that soccer. There's some soccer players uh, that have suffered through some some dementia, maybe early onset Alzheimer's. But we don't have like we don't have former soccer players killing themselves because because of the, this this head trauma, these brain issues. Like we don't, we just don't like. Is there a guy here or there? And what and and what's interesting is it. This is in addition to the other injuries that. And this is where I didn't think you worried about yeah. like. I, I've worked with enough former NFL players to where they, they drag a leg. You know, they so many surgeries mm-hmm. that their their fingers are mangled or whatever. It's it's a dangerous sport for your body. Forget about your head. I, the question becomes, do you think ultimately in the near future it hurts the volume of players that play at the high school level? No, I don't. I don't think so. I Actually, I think the information that they're putting out is going to um, help um, because now – uh, and, and when I say, uh, I think it'll ultimately help. And I also think that the occurrence of the CTE and um, those, and dealing with the dementia, dealing with the early onset Alzheimer's, all these type of things, I think you may actually see a reduction in some of it. Uh, Greg, I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Doug. When I grew up, if you if you pulled a hamstring, if you if you hurt your shoulder, if you twisted your ankle, you could tell your boys, "I can't go, man. I I, I just can't go," and they would be like, "Okay." But if you if you got concussed, if you hit someone, they just say you were dinged and you were supposed to just keep going. Yeah, smelling or you do to. or you do the smelling salts in the sideline, right? Yeah, to wake yourself yeah, right. up. And you, 
and you tough it out, and you tough it out, and you keep playing. I, I did that hundreds of times. I mean, I, I have I, – I probably had five concussions of note to where, I mean, I, I completely lost time to this day. I don't know what happened and, and what was going on. You know, the worst I probably had effects for two and a half, three months. Uh, but uh, all those little dings, I know now that I was concussed. As kids are growing up now, and you say the lower levels, you know, the Pop Warner, the high school, the college, now what's happening, you guys understand that that's an injury. And if you feel a little woozy, if your teammates see you a little woozy, they're no longer saying, hey, man, I need you. They're saying, get out of here. So with that being said, I think you will see less of the case, less of the ongoing recurring injuries because guys understand now that it is an issue so you won't have guys putting themselves through that quite as much just like a guy wouldn't try to if he has if his hamstring is too bad he's not going to try to rip it off the bone he knows i just can't go guys will understand that and i think it will actually help the game more than people think it's going to hurt it eric davis joining us in the doug gottlieb show super bowl champion three-time all pro you know it's funny um i i kind of think the NFL season in some ways might mirror a little bit of the NBA season, right? Like outside of the Steelers, I can't think of a team that can beat the Patriots, right? Like the Steelers, if Martavis Bryant is, is, uh, is on the football field, right? And, oh, oh, and, and, and if, oh, come if, on. What? Come on, what? I can tell you right now because be, beating the, beating the, the Steelers is not about, um, I mean, beating the Patriots is not about, uh, your offense is about your defense. So I'm, right now, if, if the Denver Broncos defense is is all healthy and doing the things that they're capable of doing with the, with the secondary that they have and the pass rushes that they have, they can give them problems. They, can they, can they give them quick. problems, but with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, you think Trevor Simeon at quarterback is going to going to beat well, the New England Patriots? It's not. It's not about your. It's not about your offense. It's about your defense. You got to stop Tom Brady. You got to hit Tom Brady in the beak. And if you don't have a team that can, if your defense is not equipped to where you can play across the board and put a body on a body like Denver can. I, I use them as an example because they're the perfect ones for the secondary that they have. The way that defense is equipped to be able to play man-to-man coverage on all those option routes, and then you can still rush the passer, you can get to Tom Brady with the four guys up front, that's what you have to do. Because if you try to get into a scoring match with Tom and try to match him point for point, you're going to lose that one. You, you just, he's just too good. So you have to be able to beat him up. I mean, look look at look at the lead that the Falcons spotted him. And then because they couldn't get the ball out of the air, Tom Brady marched down the field and he was able to come back. Yep. You've got to be able to hit him. No, and and remember that was also Brady without Gronk. They've added weapon. They've added, you know, uh, they you know they've added a speedster to you know where they can stretch the field. Something they haven't had maybe since Randy Moss. Like it feels like. I just, I, I, it's funny. I just, I look at the AFC. I'm like, wait, you know, like maybe Pittsburgh, and then, like you said, Denver. And outside of that, no one actually believes that Alex Smith can can beat the Patriots. No one really believes that the Raiders have the defense to beat the Patriots. And with all the other discussions in the off season, as we get kind of back to real football, barring something we didn't expect, it it feels like the the Patriots are prohibitive favorites to get back to the Super Bowl. Is that crazy? Uh- well, no, it's not crazy. I, I can see what you're saying. You look at what they've done in the off season and the fact that they are coming off a Super Bowl championship. I'm always, I'm with you on that. It's hard for me to ever say, well, this team can't do it again. Well, they're the champs until someone beats them. Right. 
but I've been around this game long enough to know that there are just too many things that can go wrong for one team and right for another one to just say, okay, this team is going to waltz through. Patriots are a very good football team, very well-established football team, but they are not – the way the league is now, everyone wanted that parity. It is truly there. You can't count out the Raiders. You can't – because I heard you say, well, the Raiders and their defense. Well, there's no – there's nothing that says that, you know, Smith in the second year, Deshaun Smith in the second year in that, in that secondary doesn't turn into what they wanted him to be. They drafted some, they drafted some safeties, and who says that those guys can't come in big bit-time plays? Who says that Khalil Mack can't come in and have 25 sacks and just, and just wreck, wreak havoc on, on a defense? I mean, that's the thing that could possibly happen in this league. Um, so, and, and you say that Alex Smith can't beat Tom Brady. Again, Alex Smith doesn't play against Tom Brady. That defense does. And the Chiefs defense, who, who's to say that they don't take it up to another level? Because, Doug, winning a championship is not about it's, – it's about more than just having no, no, the best roster. I know. I, I, I understand that. But I'm also factoring the fact that they, have, they, they get the benefit of being the AFC East as opposed to the Chiefs, yeah. the Raiders, the Broncos are going to beat up on one another. And the likelihood is that you're going to have to go through New England. I mean, like if if they're not New England, it's a different story, right? That's what happened when they were in Denver a couple years ago. Uh, but if they're in New England, it it changes the pass rush, and and I do think it puts more pressure on your offense. It I'm, does. And, and so that was the the other the other question I have for you is in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, last year, because they had to start Dak. They did kind of stay. Everybody knew they were good, but you didn't know with a rookie quarterback if you're going to be good. Their schedule is prohibitively more difficult. The division, which yep. had been down, it might not be a great division. Like, the Eagles aren't back yet, but they should be better. Uh, the Giants seem to be a, a, a definitely playoff contender. And the Washington Redskins right there. So that's you know always six difficult games. Then you look out of their division. They go to the Broncos, as you pointed out, how good their defense is. To Arizona, we don't know if they if they bounce back. They got the Falcons on the road this year. They have the Raiders on the road this year. Their mm-hmm. crossover games on the road are almost all against playoff teams. What are what's, what, As somebody who has been in this league, how much more difficult is it going to be for Dak in year two with the expectations placed upon him and with the book on him, especially as their schedule is more difficult this year? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be more difficult uh, because, as you just said, the, the league knows what to expect right now. Uh, you you. Uh, defensive coordinators have had this offseason to say, okay, these, this is what he does well, this is what he left on the table, and you're going to try to fool him in some aspects in that way. But I think that's the real deal. Do I think they are a playoff team? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? I don't even think they're going to win the division, but I think they're a playoff team. I think the Giants are going to win the division. Uh, the Giants already have their number, and I think the Giants improved. And I, I think they're being overlooked because we're paying so much attention to what's happening with Dallas because right. of Tony Romo's retirement and all of that. But I really think that they're going to be in it. Uh, you, you mentioned those games. Having to go to the Raiders won't be easy. The Falcons, I think, are legitimate. I, I, I really do think that the Falcons are going to be right back in the mix again next year. I don't think it's going to be that, that normal um, NFC South swing where you go from first to last. I don't think it's going to happen with them. Uh, but it's so to answer your question, this season will be more difficult, but I think this is a good football team. Uh, they have the components with the offensive line, with the quarterback that I think can ha- handle the pressure. I, I'm with you, maybe more so, that this is the first time he's ever really faced pressure. Everyone said last year he had so much pressure to hold Tony Romo off. He actually didn't. He was a rookie. If 
he got benched, so what? He got he got benched for Tony Romo for the right. starting quarterback. He didn't really get benched. That they just put the quarterback back in. Now it's his team, so he has the pressure of being the guy with the keys to the star. That's different as opposed to being that rookie backup that's just keeping things afloat. Uh, and you have to learn how to police all of those personalities, Zeke and Dez, and understanding what's going on and knowing when to get on guys and also keeping your game up. So going to be more difficult. I think they're going to be there. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a 13-3 and three type season. Eric Eric Davis, who you can see on Fox Sports 1. Hopefully he'll join us more often here on Fox Sports Radio. ED, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, anytime, Doug. You know you got me. Just keep the biggie going, man. I'll we, be there. We will keep the biggie going. That's what you want. We'll just we'll just keep reworking biggie every time we have money. Um, <laughs> I, I want to go through – thanks, Eric. I want to go through um, a, a story I read which goes counter to so much of the narrative about NFL players getting terrible contracts and be wildly underpaid and not having guaranteed money. We'll get to that after we find out what's trending. There are things that you walk around thinking that you're told that are just wrong, right? They're just wrong. It's like, I know it bothers a lot of my friends who are like journalists and I, I will, I'll make sure I point out to you that while if I tell you a story, I report a story as true. I know the, the principal principal tenets of journalism, right? How, be, how, you're, how you source things, making sure you have two sources, make sure they're not the same source, right? Or getting their information from the same place. Um, I am not a journalist. I have written things that have run online. I do some, some journalist things, but I'm not a journalist. More journalish, right? More journalish. So I, underst- like, I fully understand journalists who get, who grow weary of whether it's our president or other politicians or people, even the media talking about fake news. Like what is fake news? Like fake news is more when you see a story on Facebook that is just literally a creation of the internet. Uh, When an actual journalist does research and has sourcing, like that ain't fake news. So sometimes we get caught up in the narrative of a story that you don't like or runs counter to what you think or may be seen as negative at the powers that be. It must be fake news. There's all kind of fake news. Well, we do that in sports, too. We, we operate in this world in which um, NFL players are undercompensated. They have the worst union. They have non-guaranteed contracts. They're simply gladiators that we use, we chew up, and we spit out. Right? You heard that, right? We talked about this. Joel Corey uh, covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. He's a former front office guy. Also uh, worked on the agent side of things. He, he went through the top paid players at each position and what they actually make. Because when, they, when you sign a contract, it has guaranteed money, and then you see what their... Uh, what their salary cap number is, what their actual yearly salary is, you're like, well, Aaron Rodgers only makes $12.3 million a year. Like, that seems really low for a guy who wildly considered the best player at his position or you know, right there with Tom Brady by some people's estimation, best player at his position. So what he did was he lined out like, look, he signed a contract in 2013. Um, his guaranteed money is $54 million. His average salary is $22 million. His adjusted guaranteed money actually goes up, and it's really – million because his contract adjusts to the salary cap. 
Aaron Rodgers' average salary is actually $29.87 million. So that is right in line with the highest paid players in all of the professional sports. And it's guaranteed. Like, you've been told things that are actually untrue for a long time. I'm not saying that the length of the guaranteed money matches up with baseball players. Look, I think the long-term guaranteed deals to baseball players are dumb. But it would be equally, it would be 10 times as dumb to do it to an NFL player. NFL players' careers are short, not because they're not good. They just can't stay healthy. It's a collision sport. Matt Ryan, 28.1. Andrew Luck, $26.42 million. Highest paid running back, LaShawn McCoy, $9.336 million. Like, okay. A.J. Green, highest paid wide receiver, actually making $17.48 million. His guaranteed money is $15 million deal signed two years ago. We don't know what Antonio Brown's is because those details haven't been released. The point is that all these guys are making guaranteed money. When you factor in uh, the different bonuses as part of their contracts, like, well, we don't factor those in. Like, why don't you factor them in? Th- this is a lot like the, the, the exact opposite thing happens with college football, and basketball coaches, right? When you're like, whoa, that guy's making $5 million. Well, yeah, he is making $5 million, but he only makes $500,000 from the school itself, right? You make money from, uh, you make money from all of the other revenue shares, the TV, the radio contract of the school, whether it's a life insurance, you know, Jim Harbaugh makes $4 million a year, or he gets credited for making $4 million a year in life insurance when the truth is that he doesn't actually make that much. It's an investment vehicle with the value of $4 million a year. It's really probably only in the $100,000, $200,000 a year, but the value of the life insurance policy is $4 million per year, and it keeps accruing. And eventually, it, after five years of paying it, then it starts paying you back. Anybody who's gone through it understands those type of life insurance policies. The point is that the clever use of uh, payments and and the, the bonuses that you receive in the different places, when we report coaches' salaries, we report them as whole. When you report an NFL player, you're like, oh, no, this is a salary. Aaron Rodgers is only making $12 million, when that's not actually true. It's super, super clever accounting, but that's all it is. You've been told forever NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts. And you know what? Some of them don't. But the same guys that don't have guaranteed contracts have guarantees the, the almost the exact same level of NBA or Major League players. And Major League Baseball, you don't make any money your first four years in your league. None. Make less than a million. Even the best of the best of the best. Colin Cowherd says that Kyrie Irving needs a doctor. I, I, I think he means psychiatrist, but I don't know. Find out why, upcoming next. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I listen to Fox Sports Radio 24-7. I really have become... 
I can't. I can't. What was that? What was that? Ramos, you playing golf? Golf highlights? Golf <laughs> updates? What's going on? It was a, <laughs> a little bit of a minor mistake there. My bad. What were you trying to? Were you, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was trying to move on to your segment coming up here. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, like I, I become, I, like most of America, I feel like I've switched over. I can't say that during my entire life as a sports radio listener, as a host, I always listen to Fox Sports Radio. I used to peruse, but there's so many different kind of eclectic personalities and different styles for doing the same thing that we do. I find myself listening uh, as often as possible. And um, with that great lineup comes interesting takes. Some I agree with, some I disagree with. Every day we bring it, bring something back for you like this. And now. Colin Coward was on earlier today. Uh, This was his lead of the day. This is how he started his show. In uh, counseling Kyrie Irving. I think uh, Kyrie needs to see a doctor because he has what I would call the number one pick syndrome. Mm. I want a team designed around me. I'm a number one pick. I deserve a bigger shoe deal. The number one pick syndrome happens in a lot of sports. You see it a lot in the NBA with John Wall and Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin and Kyrie Irving and Derrick Rose. They complain John Wall did about not getting a shoe deal in the middle of a season. And Derek Rose complains about after signing a huge shoe deal, feeding his kids and Blake Griffin wants the offense designed around him, although he can't shoot in a shooter's league and Kyrie Irving wants the team designed around him. Although he's playing with the best basketball player on earth for the last 14 years. Look, it's it's really important to point out. Uh, Rob Parker's going to join us next hour. His guys in Cleveland, are like, look, this all started because LeBron wanted Chris Paul even after they won a championship, and so maybe that began kind of the process of Kyrie going, like, look, you don't, he doesn't even really value me. If he doesn't value me above all other guards, and I'm on his team, I don't want to be here. But I don't think this is number one pick syndrome. Um, I, I think we talked about this yesterday. This is you're in a band. Somebody else is the lead singer. And you're like, well, I can sing lead. Like, no, you're good. You know, you're good singing backups. And we let you. I mean, uh, look, Brooks and Dunn worked together for years, years. They're the they're the best selling duo of all time. Ronnie Dunn, Kix Brooks. And I'm actually uh, pretty good friends with Kix Brooks. Phenomenal guy. And like they were able to switch off and. Ronnie Dunn usually was usually saying lead vocals, but not always. They they both you know they both have very different voices and they had a great harmony together and they took turns writing songs. Kix was much more Kix is an incredible businessman. Like he has his own wine uh, business. He has a bunch of his fingers and a bunch of other things. Now he's a talented uh, country radio host as well. Um, but he said like, look, this is the exception, not the norm. Like duos don't. One of the reasons they were able to be the best selling duo is because a lot of times they break up. Bands break up, companies break up, teams break up. This is a this is not number one pick syndrome. This is hey, I want to go out and do my own thing. I want to go spread my wings. And while it 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 may not it may not fit what you think I should want, that's not necessarily one human nature. And two, I mean, like, what did Colin do when he left ESPN? Didn't he? Like he had. The, he had the biggest growing show on ESPN. When Colin was at ESPN, Mike and Mike made the most money. 
Right? Mike and Mike's not as good a show, wasn't as good a show as Collins, but it had been longer, it had been more better promoted, it was on a better team, it was on ESPN2, Collins on ESPNU. And look, his whole, Collins' whole thing when he left to come to Fox Sports was like, I'm not leaving ESPN to be on Fox Sports 1, I'm leaving ESPNU to be on Fox Sports 1. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm breaking off and kind of doing my own thing. He had a really good job, was part of a really good sports radio network at the time. And he went and kind of put his flag in the ground, joined powers with joined with Dan Patrick, who had also broken off and doing his own thing. And now I've joined him and Clay's joined him. And left behind is kind of like Cleveland. Not the same. So... They were number one at the time. That's not number one pick syndrome. That's human nature. At some point, you want to challenge yourself. You want to know, how good am I on my own? How good could we be if it was my team? That's what the Fox said. Ramos, you all right there, buddy? You haven't. Oh, yeah. Is it you? you Is it the computer? What's going on? I was about to say one minute, and then exactly at the same time that happened was when you said go to the. So my it was kind of like two things conversing at one time. I'm going to be on with Colin tomorrow. I'm going to challenge him on the. Hey, isn't this exactly what you did when you left ESPN? <laughs> How do you think he's going to respond? He will. It'll be. It'll be a great conversation we're going to have. It'll be great. Uh, D- Dan Gilbert was asked directly about Kyrie Irving's chances to remain a Cav. You'll find out his response. Dan Gilbert and Kobe Altman, who's the new general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, just had a press conference. Wait to hear what they said about Indy and what they got in return for Paul George. They talked about LeBron and his future. They talked about Kyrie and his future. You'll hear that and you'll hear my response. Upcoming next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker is going to join us, say some crazy stuff, because that's what Rob Parker does. But this crazy stuff comes from sourcing. Could it be that Kyrie Irving is not snivelly, whiny, first world problems, as people would say? Instead, he's like, yo, LeBron doesn't even like me. Wait to hear what Rob Parker has found out. Um, bomb track. Look, I, I do think it's it's always interesting to me on how we cover these press conferences as if everything they're saying is completely 100% factual and honest. We're just kind of waiting and deciphering and trying to figure out exactly what somebody means. Dan Gilbert is the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He searched and searched and searched far and not so wide and decided to hire Colby Altman to be his newest general manager. Colby Altman was an assistant general manager. He was on the staff there. They looked all around. They tried to, they tried to woo Chauncey Billups. Chauncey's like, eh, no. And so Kobe Altman today was uh, was named general manager, and the announcement was made official. Uh, Kobe had this to say in regards to Kyrie Irving's future. This thing is not broken. We are a very successful organization, and we're going to continue to, to drive for that success, uh, get better and grow. Obviously, adjustments need to be made every year, but I want us to be very prideful of where we are as an organization. He's a core piece of what we've done. Kyrie's a tremendous player. He has made great contributions to this franchise, and we enjoy him as a player. 
Again, it's like it's like Prescott. Like, what's he supposed to say? Like, the, what is the what would the win be if he's like, look, we're trying to trade Kyrie. Don't want to be here. My first order of business is to find the right trading partner. I'm going to work with my owner Dan Gilbert, and we're gonna we're gonna try and figure this thing out because uh, we've had some discussion. Like, what would what is the win in that? So I'd love to say that, like, oh my God, I learned so much from it. They did say that Indy could have gotten more in return, right? Could have gotten more in return. But again, that's from Indy's, that's from their perspective. I don't think the Indy trade is nearly as bad for the Indianapolis Pace, Indiana Pacers as people will perceive it because they basically got two as opposed to they didn't take on any bad contracts. Remember, if you're going to take on, when, when you're going to trade players around, what are you going to, unless you, you're not going to get necessarily dollar, you can't get dollar for dollar value for Paul George, right? So a lot of, most people believe that Kevin Love would have been sent in return. And while you might think Kevin Love is a better player than Victor Oladipo, you'd probably be right. You think he's a better player than, um, than DeMontis Sabonis, you'd probably be right. I mean, you would be right at this point. One, it wasn't just going to be Kevin Love for Paul George. Secondly, I don't know if you want Kevin Love at that expensive contract, if he's really the future. And the, the stronger likelihood is, like, yeah, you could have gotten more, more good, and probably a little bit bad. Why did you take all that bad cut? Everybody said we should have gotten more. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work out that way. You got to give to get. But um, fascinated by, by Dan Gilbert and Colby Altman sitting down. Hey, nothing to see here. Kyrie's a core piece of what we're doing. At any point, I haven't heard it's 37-minute press conference. I haven't read every quote. I haven't read any quote. Uh, I've read Dan Gilbert on Colby Altman. I'm as proud as I've ever been to name somebody a general manager. I've never felt as well as I do about him. Although he wasn't his first choice, right? But hey, I wasn't my wife's first choice. Let's not go down that road. You know, so, look, I, I think unless... Dan Gilbert came out and said, unequivocally, we are not trading Kyrie Irving. Remember, no one has said that. No one has said that what what is reported that Kyrie said is a lie, is not true. No one even in 37 minutes of press conference have said, this is not happening. They've said, Kyrie's great. We love Kyrie. We're in a good place. We're just going to keep trying to get better. Like, all of these things are all very bland statements you'd expect to hear at a press conference for a team that doesn't want to tell you anything. What's the win in telling you anything? What is the win? What did you expect to hear? There's nothing that actually changes. Unless there was complete and total denial. Um, then I think it would be worth going through and parsing everything that Altman's, Altman said everything that Dan Gilbert said. Kobe Altman was asked directly if he planned on trading Kyrie Irving. Here's what he said. I have to ask straight up, do you intend to trade Kyrie? I don't want to talk about that. That's, again, like I said today, we've been in touch with his representation, and it's a fluid situation. I think a lot of it's been overblown. 
Um, I think the people that are in this building every day haven't seen any of that animosity. Uh, this is, uh, and along with Kevin Love, this is a group that has got us to three straight finals and won an NBA championship together. They play, they play great together on the floor, and a lot of that I, I do think is overblown, and we haven't seen uh, a lot of this animosity that's sort of been out there in the media. You know, I think you also have to look at history sometimes. You, know, you look at the other Kobe, not this Kobe, Kobe Bryant. I think there was a time where he was calling radio stations and saying he was going to demand to be traded, and I think won two or three championships after that point. I mean, you know, things happen, and you never know. I'm not saying that that happens here, but there's a, you know, the possibilities of what will happen are wide, and it's not just one path or one track. It's kind of... I think Dan Gilbert kind of gave us a tell there, didn't he? Didn't he? I mean, think about the Bulls. Had they simply wanted to inc- include Luol Deng back in the day, they would have gotten Kobe Bryant and history would have changed. And Kobe Bryant did ask to be traded. He did go on with Rick Buecher. I was on the radio at the time. He did go on with Rick Buecher and say, I want to be traded. I'm, my, my work is done here. What was it from... Uh, uh, was a slap shot? Trade me right bleeping now and hang up the phone. So I but I do think Dan Gilbert, remember, there is no we're not trading him. Colby Altman's like, it's a fluid situation. That's the best answer, non-answer ever. Try that one with your I, it's always like try that one with your wife. Did you cheat on your wife? It's a fluid situation. I'd rather not speak to that right now. It's a fluid situation. Did you steal that car? It, Mr. Uh, officer, it's a fluid situation. Right? It's a fluid situation. I, I don't want to talk about something that's continually ongoing, and I don't want to share details. Of it. Like, this is a, a fairly simple. It, it wasn't even, are you going to trade Kyrie Irving? Are you, do you, is that your intent to trade Kyrie Irving? Now, you could have asked him, what's the likelihood that Kyrie is in camp? They asked him. Uh, with the chances of remaining in camp, he said, "Sure, I expect him to be in training camp." I mean, I was like, "Well, what, what, again, what is he going to say?" But if you if you listen to Dan Gilbert, he's like, "Look, I remember Kobe Bryant wanted to be traded," and then he and then he couched. He was like, "I'm not saying that's going to happen." And he's sitting there going, "Like, look, again, we're going to trade him, but if we're not going to get a really good deal for him, then we won't trade him." But there was no, "We are not trading." Look, look me in the eye. We are not trading Kyrie Irving. I'll give you a personal example of how this happened to me. In 2002, I was playing in Renana, Israel. Playing professionally. And the year before, the team had played in the FIBA EuroLeague, which is the top league internationally. My year, we played in the Israeli League, and we played in what's called the Korach Cup, which is like the third highest uh, international uh, league tournament, whatever. But because they had overextended themselves, uh, the teams then you got money from your sponsor and you got money from the city. And they were just running in a debt. And so they would do this stupid stuff to where my contract was supposed to be in dollars, but technically it was in shekels and it had to be transferred to dollars. And like on the first of the month, it wouldn't be in there. when It's supposed to be wired directly to my account in the state. And you could check it online, right? And I remember checking my account online like, Where's the money? And then, like, like it's coming, it's coming, and then, like, three, four days later, it would be there, but it would be missing, like, $70. Like, $70. 
And uh, I just remember thinking, like, why is it missing $70? Like, well, because the, the, the rate, you know, the shekel versus the dollar, the dollar was down versus the shekel. So what the, I figured they started doing was just to save a little bit of extra money, they would wait until it was a more favorable rate, and then and only then would they put the money in your account. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. So uh, it gets to March, and or it's come out, it's February, and I have a, a, a friend, who's, his name's Maz Track, he's actually an assistant coach with the Wizards. He takes over a team in Phoenix in the ABA, he calls me, he's like, hey, if you ever can get loose from that Israeli contract, come play for me in the States. You won't make as much money, but the NBA guys come to our league, the ABA, they don't come, obviously, they don't watch you play in Israel. And I wanted to take a shot at the NBA. And I didn't love playing for my coach, and we were like in fifth or sixth place. And my season was going to be over in early May, but because I was playing as an Israeli with an Israeli contract, I would have had to stay there until June in order to collect all of my, my salary was paid out over a 10-month cycle. In addition to that, um, in addition to that, I would have had to do a little basic training in the Army during the month of June because I was an Israeli citizen. So, again, in order to collect all my money, I would have had to stay in Israel, not play in NBA Summer League, not come to the states where I wanted to come, had to do basic training and, uh, and stay there just to collect money that they were nickeling diamond me on anyway, right? So I go to the president of the team and I was like, listen, I will fulfill all the obligations of my contract. I will go to basic training. I will stay here and train with the team because I had a one plus one deal. I'll stay with the team and we'll work out in June, even if we get eliminated early in the playoffs, because that's that I sign my name on the contract. But the contract says this amount per month, and I kept getting shortchanged fifty dollars, seventy dollars, hundred and twenty dollars. Like that's a bunch of bull. If you give me your word as a man, you don't have to sign anything. Just look me in the eye and say, We're gonna make sure you get every penny that you're owed. I will stay here. You know what he said to me? He said, we will do the best we can. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I don't, like, I, I don't want to get this lost in translation. All you have to do is look me in the eye and say, we will get you all of your money. Give me your word. He said, we will do the best we can. And I was like, all right, um, March 1st is my last game. I'm flying home after the game. So I told him. The same thing goes for Dan Gilbert today. If Dan Gilbert wasn't trading Kyrie Irving, he would have said, are you guys trading Kyrie Irving? No. Look me in the eye. No, we're not trading Kyrie Irving. He will be on the team. He will be our point guard. He is, our, he is one of the future assets we will not part ways with. They didn't tell you, so they told you all you need to know. Rob Parker has inside information on how this relationship became so fissured. He'll join us upcoming next. If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker joins us. Uh, you can hear him on Fox Sports Radio. You can see him on Fox Sports 1. And uh, he joins us uh, usually on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, Rob, now... Wait, you have inside information as to what really led 
or to the beginning of the fracture relationship between Kyrie and LeBron, right? Absolutely, Doug, and thanks for having me on as usual. But, yeah, I call them my CWPS. That's a close, warm, personal friends out in Cleveland. And uh, basically I was just told that uh, Kyrie found out that LeBron wanted to have him traded for Chris Paul after they won the championship. And uh, it just rubbed him the wrong way, as you could imagine. You help some, somebody win a championship and everything, and he's trying to get you shuttled out so his best friend can take your place. So I don't think it went over that well. And that's why a lot of people can't make sense of it and saying, well, why would Kyrie want to leave and not play with the greatest player currently on the planet? And they got a chance to go to the finals every year and have a chance to win. Why would you give that up? He's also given up the chance at a – max $200 million contract by being traded. So there's a lot of stuff. But I, what I'm hearing basically is that there's the trust is gone, the trust factor, and that that stuff's not as important. And I think, Doug, it kind of makes sense to me, and it also says to me that Kyrie has that kind of leeway to be able to make a power move like this because, you know what, he won a championship. He knocked down the big shot to, to beat Golden State. He has that in his back pocket, and he can move on and decide that he's good enough to go and lead another team. And I, I honestly think, you know, it's always funny. Like, everybody I have on, Rob, like, well, you know, they only won 30 games before LeBron got there. It's like, that team was terrible, and Kyrie was 21 years old. Right. right. And he was always hurt. He's been healthy. He averaged 25 and a half this year, shot 47, 40, and 90, and he wasn't a first three all-NBA team. And that's, you know, based upon the writers, guys in the NBA know he's as good a scoring guard as there is in basketball. Like, our perception of him as media members is completely different than the perception of him in the league. He is a superstar player. Whether you can win a championship or not, like, nobody can win a championship by themselves. Like, Damian Lillard can't. I think he's better than Damian Lillard, but he can't. So, I don't I don't think, I think this makes a little bit more sense. I mean, I, I think the whole thing does just makes more sense than the idea of, Guys break off from business successful businesses all the time to do their own thing. Why can't Kyrie Irving? Absolutely. And I think uh, I think a lot of people have discounted him, and he kind of gets no credit about that championship. And, Doug, you know this. I mean, a finisher at the basket. I, I remember him years ago coming in before he got drafted, uh, and he came in the first take, and he, I think he did a couple of questions with me and Skip. And I just looked at him, and I just thought, you know, just wasn't imposing. I didn't think, wow, this guy looks like a big-time athlete, you know, or anything like that. But he can play. He's really, really good. And uh, I, I admire him for this. In this whole NBA with the AAU mentality and let's, let's all gang up together and try to win and, and beat nobody and feel good about ourselves, for Kyrie to want to do this, and then to put the Knicks on his wish list and, and different things where he's saying, hey, I'm willing to go and be my own dog and lead my own team. I wish more guys in the NBA, Doug, would follow suit and not and get off this, let's build a super team and, and let there be two or three good teams in the league to try to win. I just think it's BS. I think it's killed the NBA. And if Kyrie – uh, gets his wish and is able to go to another team that's not a super team and he can build his own team, maybe other guys will have the same feeling like, dude, enough with this. I'm good enough. I want to be the number one. I want to bring a championship to whatever city that I go play at, and I'm going to do it and build it my own way. So that's what I looked at it as a, a good thing for the NBA.
He said, uh, Altman said, you know, it's a core piece of what we wanted to do. And Dan Gilbert said, like, look, Kobe Bryant, once upon a time, went on radio stations, talked about being traded. And because there was no direct answer, there was no, we're not trading him. No one has, there hasn't been one person, Rob, that's come out and said, he doesn't want to be traded. This isn't true. It stands to reason that all of this on some level is true. Correct? Absolutely. That, that, this is very easy to nip in the bud and say, you come out and say, he didn't ask to be traded and he's not going anywhere. It's real easy to say that. And if you're the owner and you say that for the most part, that's what's going to happen. And, and, and the, the non-denial tells you exactly that, Doug. You always got to look at that because it's easy to, to just uh, uh, squash it. And they didn't do that. Uh, does Eric Bledsoe, is Eric Bledsoe make them better? Eric Bledsoe. Uh, better, be, yeah. better for what? To win a championship? Yes. No way, no how. I, I, I I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right here, I don't think LeBron's going to win again. And, and, I, I, and I'll say, not a, I, don't, I, I really believe that LeBron will not win again. I just saw this guy in the NBA Finals average a triple-double. You can't play any better than he played. And I can't believe he's going to be able to assemble – any team that's going to beat Golden State in the next two or three years. So I don't believe that LeBron James is going to win again. Well, look, I, I, I think here's the – let me kind of add to your point. Uh, Rob Parker joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. It took him uh, two years to win at Miami. took him two years to win in Cleveland. So if he is to leave, and let's say he goes to Lakers, if he does it in two years, now he's in his mid-30s, he's going to need – He's going to need a, a prohibitive. He's going to need a substantial amount of help. And again, we don't even know if that would be enough to beat the Warriors or whomever else. You know, in his second year, maybe he could get Clay Thompson, and the Warriors aren't as good. Like we don't even know if that would be enough because we don't know what the other teams will look like. Um, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, like, look, you can go hot take on me and go, he ain't winning again. But I would, how I would characterize is this: I think it's going to be prohibitively more difficult. It's more more likely uh, here NFL wise. It's more probable than not that LeBron James has won his last championship. Is that fair? That's fair on your end, but you know I'm hot take. Yep. So I'm telling you, it ain't going to happen. I just look at it and I just can't see the scenario. And maybe you have one where LeBron wants to get paid as well, the, the, the big money, right. and how a team is going to be able to to work that. And the other part is just Golden State. They're not old. They're not going anywhere. And I just think that as long as that team is together, and I'm just talking about the next three years. If LeBron plays till he's 40, that's some other question if there's some other team. But I'm talking about I can't see Golden State not winning the next three years. Here's, there's two different things you got into. First with Golden State, I think Golden State's going to be like the iPhone, right, where there's going to be different versions of it. Um, and it's mostly going to get better. Like, I'm not convinced Clay stays uh, through through a next contract. He might, he might, but even if they don't have Clay, they might be able to add, they'd some, add in some other pieces, and the next version of, as long as you have Steph, as long as you have Durant, as long as you have Draymond, and you kind of keep adding and moving around pieces around him, I think they can continue to recreate and, and add to as the I-5, the I-6, the I-7, most people still have iPhones. It's still kind of the dominant player. Um, the, 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 the part you got to about the salary is interesting. See, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one, Rob, that's held LeBron accountable for not keeping his own salary down and managing the salaries 
of his boys that Rich Paul represents. Because had he done that, he could have surrounded himself with better talent. But because he wants everybody around him to get paid, that's limited the ability for the Cavs to go add pieces. Here's a guy who's going to be worth, you know, a billion dollars outside of what he makes in basketball. How responsible do you think LeBron is for the downfall of the Cavs? But, but he's responsible, absolutely, in, in getting uh, J.R. Smith and Thompson paid. He handcuffed the team, and that's the problem. And, and, and he didn't take any discount as well. So, so then you're going to be, if you're the owner, right, and you're looking and you're saying, hey, I'm already paying this heavy, the, the highest luxury tax in the NBA. How far do you want to go? And then they want me to pay a GM $5 million too. Do you know what I mean? So at some point, you say, I'm not doing it. And, and that's why they're stuck, and that's why they can't add anything. So I think that LeBron, is, his fingerprints are on this as well. You can't just blame the general manager when you got your boys paid and you're taking a big payday and the team is, uh, is in hot. Yeah. So uh, the Cavs are in trouble from that standpoint. And, and then, you know what? I still believe, I think that Kyrie Irving could wind up with the Knicks. I really think that, that I do. That I actually, makes, I actually do. T- I actually do too. That the idea is him. It makes a lot of sense. And Doug, you know what? Uh, you know, with the Knicks, you get you get the player, you get a star player who you want. If you're Cleveland, right, Carmelo, they have a star player to give up. If he goes to Minnesota, one of those other teams that are just starting up, you got to give up one of the pieces you already just already put together. So that would make no sense. It would be like a team like the Knicks. He couldn't hurt the Cavaliers because he doesn't have enough right now to hurt them. Do you know what I mean by yep. letting him go there? So that's the team you want to be able to deal with in that he won't hurt you in the short run. And then that's, that's why I think the Knicks are a viable option for Cleveland to make a deal with. That's Rob Parker. You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio. You can see him on Fox Sports TV. And while he admits there'll be some hot takes, that's one. These are these are a couple that I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Rob, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. All right, Doug. Thanks, buddy. NFL training camps, the Major League Baseball trade deadline, the Cavs press conference. We're covering it all in the press, but first let's find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Colin Coward had uh, three things about the evolving NFL and how they're adjusting, the market factors are adjusting around uh, the news of CTE, why all three of them are not actually market factors. They're actually admitting admitting the big problem football has. Get to that upcoming in 15 minutes. But first, though, man, Dan Beyer has been working hard today, giving you updates, finding out what's trending, and he provides us with the press. The press. Dan Beyer's uh, working harder than a one-armed paper hanger, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell just, you what, Doug. He host this show when I'm not here. What's right. up? It's, it's tough, especially when you got to pick up for John Ramos, who couldn't find that Kyrie Irving bites from Kobe Altman. He's a core piece of what we've there done. There it is. Kyrie's a tremendous player. He has made great contributions to this franchise. Right. And are you trading him? Enjoy him as are a you trading player. Him? Are you trading him? Right? Like, if you're not trading Kyrie Irving, then what do you uh, – uh, Dan, ask me if you're trading Kyrie Irving. Are you trading Kyrie Irving? No! No, I'm not trading Kyrie Irving. Right, who right. told you I'm trading Kyrie Irving? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right, but if you are trading Kyrie Irving and you can't say yes for trading Kyrie Irving, you go, you say, you say this, right, John Ramos? You say he's a core, Zero. he's a core piece, he's a core piece yeah. of what we've done. Yeah. Anyway, how about this from Dan Gilbert? He uh, did some trade analysis on the Paul George deal. I will say that Indiana could have done better than they did. 
How about that from Dan Gilbert, who apparently was going to try to orchestrate that three-team deal with the Pacers and Nuggets. Dan Gilbert didn't like what the Pacers got in return. So be it. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, he's salty about it, and I do think it's it's fascinating. But what's fascinating about it is, like, if that's the reason he fired his general manager because he couldn't get the deal done when they just didn't want to deal with the deal with him. I think uh, so be it. I think Dan Gilbert should come out with his 30 off-season grades for each NBA team. <laughs> Pacers F. You can catch it on his Twitter page. Love those, Doug. Um, how about this from the NBA? Mm-hmm. Celtics guard, uh, excuse me, GM Danny Ainge talked about his guard, Isaiah Thomas, saying that he won't need surgery this offseason to repair his injured hip, telling the Boston Globe that Thomas is making good progress in his rehab. That's good news for the Celtics. I think it's very good news for the Celtics uh, on his injured hip. I also think, I mean, like, look, next year's free agent class is deep. What happens with Isaiah Thomas? Like, how much can you pay Isaiah Thomas? Can you win a title with Isaiah Thomas being a go-to perimeter scorer and considering how limited he can be defensively? Uh, and frankly, you know, even as an offensive player, like he's a scorer and that's kind of all he does. Uh, it's good. His value and what the Celtics do with him is going to be fascinating in the future. Got a bunch of NFL news, but I want to throw in this baseball tidbit. Oh, yeah. yeah, Fox Sports Fire. insider Ken Rosenthal says the Cubs and Red Sox are two of the ten teams on the no-trade list of Rangers pitcher Hugh Darvish. Yes, Cubs and Red Sox are places that Darvish does not want to go. List also includes uh, the Rockies, Indians, Pirates, I know, Orioles, White Sox, Tigers, A's, and Blue Jays. Okay, wait, wait. So that's a lot of decent teams. Yeah, there. that's what I thought, like, look, too. I don't want to go to anybody who's good, right. okay? That's just not in my DNA. Right. Um, but I, I noticed there's no Dodgers on here, right? Correct. Okay, there's no, no Doyers. Doyers aren't on there. Um, no Rays. There's no. I thought those were. Well, like, I don't <laughs> think he's, he's like, no, but he's not there. Uh, there's no Yankees on that list, right? Yeah, he could go to the Yanks. Yeah, so he obviously wants to go to New York or L.A. All right, but it is there's a weird list there where you're like, okay, the Orioles, that's kind of a good team. Tigers aren't. Rockies, I'm not surprised because right. of Coors, right? Right. There's no Giants, but the Giants are terrible this year. They're just terrible. Uh, Blue Jays are decent. It's, it's a weird list. It's a really weird list. That's like a, that's like a song list that doesn't go together. Like you know, you have your playlist on your i on your iPod. You know, mm-hmm. You're like that's like one that has like country, rock, hardcore rap all together. You're like this is kind of weird. Well, they were all top hundred songs at one point in time. She said, uh, "Uh huh." You know. And then, like, you don't list the Rays because you don't have to list the Rays. Right? He's not going there. The shuffle is a roller coaster of fun. Yeah. Uh, the NFL Network says the New York Jets have claimed wide receiver Lucky Whitehead off of waivers from the Dallas Cowboys. What's worse, getting what's worse, getting fired for a crime you didn't commit, or getting hired for a team that you don't want to play for? Immediately after being claimed, he admitted that it was him. No, I'm just kidding. That I made that up. I made it up. Oh, jeez. That is not true. Oh, that's that's uh, that's really funny. How about the Vikings paying Everson Griffin today? Four-year extension, $58 million. The defensive end is going to get about $34 million guaranteed. Uh, I thought I thought NFL players don't have a guaranteed contract, right? They, they do. Uh, look, Griffin, part of the, that dynamic defense that if they can run the football, if they can protect the passer, uh, they have some weaponry. And obviously this is a new backfield as, uh, look, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be a superstar. I just – well, that guy can run it, and he can really catch it out of the backfield. And I think they protected him as they went out and got more of a between-the-tackles back to go with him. I, 
I'm, I like Sam, how Sam Bradford played last year. I know he had to get rid of the ball super quick, and that's why he had the, the highest completion percentage in the history of the league. But I think this team's got a chance to be good, and Griffin's a big reason why. If you can get after the passer in the league, you can win a lot of games. Um, how about this? Steelers rookie running back James Conner leads all players in jersey sales. Conner right now out of uh, out of pit, a third-round pick, battled Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2015, was the ACC Player of the Year in 2014, now get a play in the city where he played his college ball in his jersey, the most popular in the NFL as we speak. Pretty amazing, right? F cancer and uh, go, go James Conner. Amazing story for a guy to go from fighting cancer while a student in college to playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom Brady was second. Dak Prescott's jersey third. Marshawn Lynch moving up to number four. That's because a new the team. Top five. New, yes. new team, New Jersey, and he's from Oakland. How about this from college football? Over 90,000 signatures have been gathered in petitions from people who are against Virginia Tech inducting Michael Vick into the school's Sports Hall of Fame, which is expected to take place in September. Can't that's, talk dream team anymore. That's, that's kind of that's stunning to me. Look, he was... He served his time. He was in jail for dogfighting. And as much as Bruce Smith and um, as much as Bruce Smith was the first player to maybe put Virginia Tech on the map, let's just be honest, the relevancy of Virginia Tech football wasn't just Frank. It was Frank Beamer, Thursday night, Beamer ball, and then it completely changed when it was Mike Vick. Well, I don't, well How do you not? I don't know. You know? I don't know. He did, he did murder dogs. There's dogs. a lot of support uh, to keep him out. Finally, a woman in Arlington, Virginia, was woken in the middle of the night by some noises in her attic. Okay. After calling the landlord, uh, the landlord then called the police. When the police came over, they found uh, not a squirrel or a raccoon or even a burglar. They found a guy living in the attic. So a 60-year-old man was actually living in the top of the house that was owned by this uh, this man with this woman renting it. Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, so it wasn't there to steal anything. Was just hanging out and had his spot in the attic. Hmm. Um. Okay. Like you think I, it's your bats? You ever had a bat in your attic? Oh, I've had a bat in the living room. Uh, oh my goodness! You really had a bat in the living room? Oh yeah. Summer nights. Yeah, we're yeah. like you get so, like, we and I mean, you get so scared of bats because you just assume you're going to get rabies. Oh yeah, remember, right. Well, when which, they're flying at you. Which too. has anybody recently ever got gotten rabies from a bat like it just feels like an old wives tale john got cooties in got cooties. uh in the 80s i know that that he got cooties but i, I don't know about like rabies. the guy was living in the attic and nobody knew like yeah. where did he go to the, yeah. like there's so many questions i have but not the answers to be yeah I, I don't know either hey get out there and press that was the press um okay so the cte study came out yesterday it's not a perfect scientific study but you know what else is not perfect people's response to the scientific findings. That's next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade. And check it out today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I encourage you to uh, follow my wife. Uh, what is her? What is her uh, Instagram account? Um, her and my dog traveling cross country. She's got all these great posts. Very very funny. At Angie DG uh, is her. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Uh, at yeah, at Angie DG. Her and my dog traveling cross country. Uh, they've been all over. They were in Memphis last night. They're in Oklahoma today. She took the dog to Sonic. That's at Oklahoma. She's a she's a big Sonic fan. Anyway, um, so. We're getting closer and closer to football season. 
And I don't think it's a, it's a story that you cover within football season. The context of it is yesterday, story came out, New York Times, new study of 111 donated brains from former NFL players. 110 of them have CTE. And I'm fully aware there wasn't a control group. I'm fully aware that this was only football brains and that uh, there are some other sports which can lead to more concuss- concussions and possibly to, to brain damage. You know, people, they've stopped heading headers in youth soccer. But, like, the fact is, can you remember the story of the soccer player, the hockey player, anyone outside of a boxer having, like, early onset dementia, Alzheimer's, ALS, or just brain damage or mem- massive memory loss or killing themselves as a former athlete. You remember that from any sport other than football? It's not just because we publicize it. It's because the numbers are there. They are real. They are tangible. So the story comes out and look, there was a little bit of not necessarily killing the messenger. No one went after the doctor because the doctor it was is fully reputable. And he said, this is not a purely scientific study. We we use science to study the brains that were donated to us. But I think there's a healthy fear, not just from players, but also from broadcasters as we're trying to find a way, how can we keep football going? How can we protect this great game? That is the lifeblood of sports television and sports radio. Colin tried to do it today. Here's I'll play for you three different points he made and how he's actually making my point about, really, this is nothing more than big tobacco from 25 years ago. Here's I was talking to a USC coach a couple days ago. He said, we're going to quit hitting in September. He goes, we just don't hit as much at practice. We're watching, we're listening, we want healthy players. We'd rather have healthy players than fatigued players. I'm talking to college coaches, and they're just hitting less and less and less. I'm talking to youth coaches. They're not hitting at all. Yeah, I'm talking to youth coaches, but they're not hitting at all. Look, all that is saying is, hey, um, we're smoking a, a couple packs less a week, right? You're still smoking? Yes. You're still hitting? Yes. We're just doing it less often. Players are retiring early, and I believe they should, especially interior linemen. You should retire late 20s. I think that's right. Go to college, get a degree, finance, business, architecture, medicine, whatever you want. Go to the NFL if you can make money, do. 28 years old, don't sign a third contract. Go home, sit out. Right. Now, if you're healthy and you feel great, fine. But if you retire early, got no problem with that at all. They're retiring early because their body's breaking down, because they know their body's not right. They're not retiring early because they want to, because they they, they have this understanding that if I take more physical contact, uh, I'm somehow going to get CTE. They're retiring early because their body has completely broken down because the game is more, not less violent than it used to be. There is a continuing diligence and improvement of football equipment, mostly headgear. In fact, I've already been contacted by a company about a year ago. Zoltan Mesco was a punter, went to Michigan, punted for the New England Patriots, called me out of the blue and said, would you like to invest in a company? I don't know why I didn't because it's a really smart company. Improved headgear. Yeah, listen, this is filtered cigarettes. We talked about this yesterday. You're still smoking cigarettes. I'm not smoking as much, but I'm smoking filtered cigarettes, okay? And I'm only smoking a pack a week. But you're still smoking cigarettes, it's still more likely that you're going to get cancer and you're going to get cancer to the people around you, right? So I I don't actually think these are reasonable ways of thinking you're going to get brain damage out of football. It's a 
huge problem. And instead of just saying, we got a problem, we got to figure out, do we just play flag football in high school? Coaches, players, broadcasters are just trying to talk their way around it. All right. Uh, the Gorman boys, I'm sure, are going to talk about uh, a Dan Gilbert press conference where he announced Kobe Altman as the new general manager. All you need to know about it was they were asked directly, are, do they intend to trade Kyrie Irving? And because the, the word no was never uh, uttered, that's all you need to know, right? Well, you know, Kobe once wanted to be traded that wasn't traded. and blah, 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 blah. Like, do, do you intend to trade Kyrie Irving? If the answer is no, then the, he might be lying, but he didn't even lie to us. He didn't even lie to us, which told you all you need to know. Rob Parker said, look, a lot of this comes down to the fact from his sources that Kyrie was mad that LeBron wanted CP3 after they won a championship. I think this is nothing more than a guy wanting to break out on his own, which happens every day. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.